You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They're buffoons. Mackey and Judd. They are not buffoons. On 1500 ESPN. Introducing Domino's Hotspots. Get Pete's delivered to outdoor locations like parks, beaches, and more. Not at home, not a problem. Visit dominoes.com for details on Domino's Hotspots. And this portion of Mackey and Judd is presented by Fridaloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Football. Training camp. Vikes at training camp. I miss Mankato. They don't, but I do. Do you? I like doing the shows from there. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And then could go down the street and watch practice. We were all in. We were dedicated to the craft of football. Well, we are during that time. We still are. Well, yeah, but we're not as close. No, we can't. I guess we we could just go to a restaurant down the street like we did. I don't think the there last really, several years. I don't think there really is one there. What's the closest I've restaurant? Scoped, I've scoped it out. I don't know, but it's not the the Vikings own so much of that land now, and and the adjacent areas are mostly nice homes. I haven't seen like an Applebee's. Well, maybe there's someone who listens who lives in the area that would have us to their home. Could we just could we be broadcasting from a from a cul-de-sac outside the practice actually, facility? Actually, we could be. If somebody would have us in in their in their front yard or their driveway, we could absolutely do that. If somebody wants us, and th- those are nice homes too. I think we should. So explore. we're talking about we're talking about real nice places. So here's my question: because training camp was maybe two or three weeks when it was in Mankato, and then they would come back after like the second preseason game, and then it would just be preseason practice. When they practice the whole time at the same facility, is there is there a designated chunk of time for just training camp, or does training camp technically run all the way up until week one? No, I you know think what I'm saying no. I I know exactly what you're saying. I believe because I've asked this question before when they they would come back. I think it's designated training camp until approximately around the third preseason game because okay. they can't kick the media out for practices I think for the first through preseason game two or three I forget okay. which one but I, I think I think the lead up to preseason game three is training camp and then after that they can go to close practices so those just become as you just said preseason practices right so yes there is a difference between what they consider to be a training camp and and the players are being all housed at, at a nearby hotel for now. And I think once that gets done, that ends training camp. So they can't even. So they have to spend every night in a hotel for the next two weeks, even if they yes. live in Eden Prairie. Correct. Oh, interesting. Okay. Correct. Well, uh, let's spend the next couple segments. You go first, and then I'll I'll go uh, second. All right. And these aren't going to count for write that down predictions, but let's look into our NFL crystal ball. Things we foresee happening or not happening, or somewhere in between, for the 2018 NFL season. All right. I'm going to start in the NFC North, and I told you and write that down on uh, Friday that I expect the Vikings, Packers, and Bears uh, to all be above 500. The fourth team is obviously the Detroit Lions, and I saw a, a, another story this week. Matt Patricia from the Patriots is making them run. Bit he's of a rocky them, start. He's making them tough, though. He's going to make them tough. They're going to hit more than yeah. they're used to. They're going to they're going to be in full pads, and this is going to be throwback football. My prediction is that the Detroit Lions 
will finish last in the division, five and eleven. Okay. I don't think this type of thing works. I don't think this tough love and how many Belichick disciples have we seen go elsewhere and say, you know what, I'm going to take what I learned from Bill. All of them, and it usually blows right. up. All of the Belichick disciples. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say my first prediction is that Detroit Lions will finish last place, five and eleven, and that this whole tough love thing and this whole we're going to hit thing is not going to work. See, I, I I'm, I'm kind of with you that Matt Patricia and the rocky start with the. Uh, the allegations from like 15 or 20 years ago coming to the surface and just feels like it's it's a, it's an odd start to that relationship but Matt Stafford's been good enough for about 7 years to where they just they've always been formidable right they've always been 7 and 9 or even a playoff team once or twice in that stretch so no we'll see i don't like them my second nfl prediction is this one the cleveland browns who, if I'm not mistaken, were 0 for 2017, will win at least five games this wow, season. Okay. I think Cleveland, they're not going to be great, and it'll probably be about five games. Uh, but, but they finally got football people in charge. I think they've finally made some think about necessary that changes. Right there. They finally have football well, people in charge rather than baseball people. That, yeah. It made no sense. Did it make any sense? I mean, I, I was curious to see. I was curious for about a year to see if it was going to work. It didn't take too long to say, this thing's just a dumpster fire still. I don't know. I I think they had gone through so many iterations of front offices. When they did it, it was like, oh, this is progressive. Okay, they're trying something different. And then it was like, eh, maybe they should have football people and running And the moves didn't instead. really make sense. I could see. I can see if you bring in people from the baseball world to supplement and help out. But it was almost like they said... Hey, just try to try to run this entire show. So I think the Cleveland Browns, and I think uh, Baker Mayfield plays at some point here fairly soon, probably. I think the Browns win at least five games. Okay. Number three, highly controversial hot take here. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw more touchdown passes than Tom Brady, who threw thirty-two last year. Wow. Okay. Tom Brady was fantastic. Tom Brady's aging. I think things might finally, and I can't say this for sure, I think things finally might start to go sideways for the Patriots a little bit. There's just a lot of weird stuff there. Uh, but I think Garoppolo's going to be fantastic, no, no matter whom he's dating. And I think he's going to throw more touchdown passes. I think the 49ers are going to have a good year. He's going to throw more touchdown passes than Tom Brady. I love how he had to apologize for that. I mean... Do you really mean it? Oh, don't give us an insincere apology. Hell no, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it at all. Probably so the greatest why, night of his life. Why do we demand fake apologies from people? If someone isn't sincere in their communication, why do we need them to say it just well, for the sake of saying Why apologize at all? It, it just makes no sense. Now, I will. I said this. It seemed a bit odd to me, but that doesn't mean that I'm I'm looking for Jimmy Garoppolo to apologize to me. I just said it seemed a, a bit odd. If I were totally Gar- with you, if I were Garoppolo, I would have told people like me, "Go bleep yourself." Yeah, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, I, I, we're I agree. good friends. <laughs> we're very good friends. I very, very, very good friends. Probably the greatest night of that young man's <laughs> life, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> All right, NFL prediction number four from me. This will not be looked upon by Vikings fans as being a good thing, and I will be accused of being a Packer fan again, but I firmly believe this will be the case. Aaron Rodgers will be the National Football League MVP for 2018. Wow. Traitor. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. He's still fantastic. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back strong. Packers defense, uh, probably not great, but I think it's going to be improved for sure. I don't expect that 
that Aaron's going to get hurt again, he will come back and be the MVP of the National Football League. Yeah, it feels like a a possible bleep you season and a and a prove it season. I could I could also see him just being fed up with the organization and I got two years left on my deal and my clearly the organization has flaws around it. But they did uh, put a new guy in charge in the front office and Brian Gutekunst. Yeah. Um, so I could see it going one of two ways for him. I guess I could see him kind of just. I can almost see him having a bit of a downswing until he gets to a new organization at some point. I but. think his bleep you is going to be to play fantastic. And my final prediction for the 2018 National Football League season, by week five, Sam Bradford in Arizona will be the backup quarterback to Josh Rosen. The Cardinals, there were five QBs taken in the first round. Mayfield's going to start quickly, I believe. Darnold is not in Jets camp, so I have no idea where that one's going to go. Josh Allen in Buffalo, it might take a while, and same with uh, Jackson in Baltimore. But Josh Rosen will be, by week five, the starting quarterback, and our guy Sam Bradford will either be hurt and or replaced as a healthy scratch. Yeah. Okay, Tyrod Taylor in in Cleveland, right? Yes. Um, Yes. yes. Okay, I've always thought... I'm not saying he's an MVP or anything. I've, I've always thought... You can win some games with Tyrod Taylor. It's not like Buffalo had this amazing organization and roster around him. I feel like if the Browns are going to go five and eleven per year, per year was it your second prediction? Yes, it's going to be with Tyrod Taylor playing well and showcasing, and then maybe going to another team after the season's over. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is a rookie and that infrastructure is going to lead them to a five and eleven record, but my guess is they're going to they're going to put him Listen, in at some point early in the year. Five wins, like it's like it's. 11 wins. <laughs> it's, it's true. The Cleveland Browns are going to get five <laughs> wins. Oh, my God. I know. They've had won the last two years, so five would be I know. Be a lot. Five would be their Super Bowl. <laughs> it would be their Super Bowl. They could have a parade in Cleveland. Uh, by the way, I have uh, – I'll get to my predictions here in this next segment, but I have from Football Outsiders, they have their playoff odds report, and this is as of about a week ago. All right. Not much has happened in the last week to change these. Odds to win Super Bowl 53. 53 already. Yeah. Man, time flies. Pittsburgh. getting old. I know. Pittsburgh, 14%. So they've got Pittsburgh as the most likely Super Bowl team. Uh Uh-huh. New England, 13%. New Orleans is the leading favorite in the NFC at 8%. Really? Followed by Rams at 7%, Eagles at 6%, Packers at 5.5%, Vikings at 5%. So they got the Vikings as fifth best odds in the NFC and seventh best odds overall. I'm surprised the Saints are that really surprises me. Really though? I mean I like, I like the Saints, but I don't think I'd put them first in the conference. Well they but if you go by the logic that they should have beat the Vi- they basically beat the Vikings on the road in the playoff game last year. And then who knows what maybe they would have beat the Eagles. Who knows what would have happened. The the, the, the the Saints were an NFC championship team last year. Yeah, no, they're a good team. I'm just surprised that, that so. they're first on that list among teams in the NFC. Well, maybe I'll tell you in my predictions who's going to make it out of the NFC. Okay. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Before, okay, before we get to my predictions, yep. you just brought something up that's worth addressing on the air here. NFL Network stealing our bits. Our yep. guy Tom Pelissero, yep, 
Did he call it the Tom Pelissero? Did he? Or maybe he called it the Judd Zolgat Athlete Challenge. I only saw a gif or a gif of it. But him trying to kick a field goal at the Vikings facility was completely stolen from our idea of me looking foolish. And he looked terrible. It was a disaster. But good for him. It was. It was a disaster. And I feel like Judd could do a better job. I feel like, because his kick was a shank to the left. It just if you can off, even right? get it like straight in line and up in the air, it's a better kick than what Pelissero. He put got forth. a running start that I think he thought was going to help him, but he didn't count but the actually steps. Hurt him. He didn't count the steps. Yeah, off. and and if I did, if I tried to emulate what Tommy did there, I'd be dead because I'd slip and fall on my back. But you count the steps off. Yeah, I would do it completely over, differently. Back, back, over, over, or whatever it is. But he right? got yeah, he just got a huge start and and then tried to kick it and. It was awful. Yeah. It was, I'm not going to say it went as bad as my basketball shot, but it wasn't far off. Would nothing, you turn nothing's your back, as bad as your basketball shot. Would you turn your back to the field goal post like Enger did, or, or would you not? No, 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 no. I would count, <laughs> I, I would do what Phil said. I would count the, the Edinger one. Actually, Pelissero kind of did the Edinger thing, but yeah. from like 15 yards away. Because he was on camera with the microphone and then like turned around yeah. and then. But that, is stole, <laughs> but that is stolen directly from the show. <laughs> directly. Do you want to yeah. give me some football predictions? I've, all right. You've got uh, – run through your five real quick here. 2018 NFL predictions. Okay. We can even do more of these throughout. These are just our initial our initial looks into the crystal ball. Prediction one is that the D- Detroit Lions will finish last in the NFC North at 5-11. and 11. Prediction two, Aaron Rodgers will be the National Football League MVP. Prediction three, this is the bold one, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw more touchdowns oh, in San Francisco than Tom Brady does for the Patriots. Uh, prediction four, the Cleveland Browns will win at least five games after winning, as James said, one over the past two seasons. And then my final one is that Sam Bradford will be the backup in Arizona by week five, replaced by Josh Rosen. All right. I like those predictions. I'm going to give you five of my own here. Feel free to uh, interject as you want. All right. I have an Aaron Rodgers prediction as well. So there's all this talk about, mostly I'm guessing from the Packer side of things, Rodgers' contract extension. Is he going to sign one? He's got two years left on his deal. Prediction number one, Aaron Rodgers will not sign a contract extension in the next 12 months with the Green Bay Packers. So he will go into a contract year, and it'll be his age 35 season that he'll go. So this is 34 for him. All right. Actually, I think he's like 34 and 200 days or something. I looked on Pro Football Reference. So he's going to turn 35 like in the middle of the season or maybe in December, whenever his birthday is. And he would be an absolute fool to sign an extension with that organization until they prove to him, no, we're serious about defense. We're serious about free agency. That this isn't just the Aaron Rodgers show and everyone else is just strapped in waiting for him to do something. So he has been out for a total of 16 games over the past like nine years. Uh, he missed half a season. Was it a collarbone a few years ago when mm-hmm. when um, Tolzien came in and played the Vikings to a tie at one point? Mm-hmm. And then he missed half the year last year. Yep. In the games in which he's missed, so when he's in there, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. In the games in which he's missed, they're five ten and one. I need to see more. You know, and this isn't to take away from Tom Brady, but when he goes out, the Patriots still win. They go eleven and five with Matt Castle. They have back. They court, win yeah. games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Yeah. They've they've got Jacoby Brissett like. They've got the rest of their roster is set so that the house doesn't just burn to the ground when you're gone. And that's not the case in Green Bay. So he will not sign an extension. He sees all these things and he will make Packer fans sweat going into a contract year. So he's got two years left now, right? Right yep. now. So so he could be so he could play out the contract after two thousand nineteen. I yep. believe he would could be or would be franchised twice. 
and the third time they wouldn't franchise him. So he could really hit the market realistically after that. So can you still get franchised at at any yes. age and yes. any experience level? Yes. So they should get rid of that. Like they, if you've been in the league for six years or something, you shouldn't be franchised. This is this is exactly why these guys have to strike. It's ridiculous that franchise tag should only apply to rookie contracts. Well, like wait one time on a rookie contract for sure. or something. Yes. All right. Uh, prediction number two for the NFL season. Eli Manning, who everyone's writing off and he's dead, they they ended the streak. Even the Giants, before they blew up everything, said, "Yeah, we're done. On, we're we're moving on from him too." Eli Manning will have a late career rejuvenation. I'm talking probably thirty ish touchdown passes this year. So twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty touchdown passes. Okay. With Pat Shermer's offense and with the weapons around him, Saquon Barkley, they decided we're going to draft and we're going to we're going to we're going to build personnel for a win now 2018 season because we think Eli Manning still has some gas left in the tank, and I think he does. Wow. I think Eli Manning is going to have a late career rejuvenation, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants made the playoffs in 2018. Shermer would be a hero. Pat will be yeah. a. But they didn't sign. They didn't bring in Pat Shermer. To rebuild, no. and like they made that decision, we're going to bring in Shermer nope. to get two extra years out of Eli Manning, and then if we draft a quarterback to back him up, maybe in 2019 we do that. Interesting. Okay. Prediction number three. This might be more of an obvious one, but I'll throw it out there. This will be Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's last season together. Well, so you agree? Yeah, it feels weird. I don't know if either of them will still be with the Patriots. It wouldn't shock me if Belichick retired and Brady said, "All right, I'll I'll stick around." Or if Tom Brady said, I'm done with this. I can't get along with Bill. Um, I don't know what his contract status is, if he can just become a free agent, if he's year to year. But I think this is the last year of Brady-Belichick together. Brady, 2019, player coach. Wow, that'd be something. Robert Kraft says the whole thing's yours, Tom. But because he comes from the Belichick tree, just he'd run- be a disaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't coach. Um, I think Belichick's more likely to just hang it up and retire. But both guys have a reason to try and outlast the other. Like they both want to prove that they don't need the other because they have these huge egos. I think I think Bill Belichick will end his career somewhere as a GM. I think he's well, the type yeah, of guy. Like I think did. he's the type of guy like Bill was, who 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 wants to keep his hand in the game, but might be tired of coaching at some point. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a job with a team that surprises us mm-hmm. and is just a GM to end his uh, administrative but career. Isn't it funny that instead of everybody's celebrating the tandem, the two-decade tandem, and it's it's almost like it would be like if Bill Walsh and Joe Montana at the end of it in the early 90s, it was, it, it was more about, instead of Montana's injuries and Steve Young being there, if it was about each guy trying to show that they didn't really need the other, it's like, That's how pe- no, but people are, you guys though. did need the other, and but it's But people fine. are like that. I guess. I mean, it's like the whole thing with, with the Bulls where Jerry Krause supposedly said, I can't wait till Jordan's gone so I can prove that I can build a championship team without Michael Jordan. It's like, still, what? Still, Why? Waiting, still waiting on that. Why is that out there? <laughs> uh, prediction number four here, NFL predictions in 2018. The Jacksonville Jaguars, so it's a two-part AFC prediction. The Jacksonville Jaguars will miss the playoffs. Like it. And the New York Jets will finish at least 8-8. Eight and eight. Part yeah. of it because of a weak schedule, but those. I think I think yes, I can the, see both those. The Jets have three quarterbacks. Keep going though, keep going down the Jets path. What do you mean? With oh, their, Teddy with their star quarterback well, being Teddy. The the reviews are rave. The reviews. Are I'm rave. rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I am too. I mean, the guy seemed like a great guy. I hope he comes back and thrives on Jacksonville. You got to teams that go a certain distance tend to tend to fall back more often than not. 
and they had every possible opportunity to get rid of Blake Bortles as their starting quarterback, and they are tempting fate by going back to the well with the same guy. So, yep, like they could have traded for Eli. They could have they could have signed a Case Keenum. And Co- and Collar has said t- time and time again that their coach is not that good. So that's going to come back and bite mm-hmm. you in the butt too. I mean, like Alex Smith would have been a great fit for the Jaguars. Could they? Could they, there's so many options they, they could have gone. Even like McCown or something. There's so many different things they could. I draft done. picks and quarterbacks, man. Teams can't give up yeah. on them, or they don't give or, up on I mean, them. Teddy Teddy has a backup in Jacksonville or something. There's all kinds of options, but here they go again down the same path. I like that. And then my number five prediction. Mm-hmm. You asked about the NFC playoff picture and who's going to go to the Super Bowl at the end of last segment. My prediction. The Vikings over the Saints in New Orleans in the <sighs> NFC Championship game. The Vikings will go back to the Super Bowl for the first time in a generation and a half? Two generations? I don't know. How long is a generation? Like 20 years? The first time in a long, it's a real long time. It's a real long time. But they will get revenge in New Orleans Wow. nine years later. And so one of these teams is going to knock the Eagles off. I got a feeling the Vikings might be a wild card team. That does some road damage throughout the playoffs. That and they've, you know, they got a defense that can travel. Although it didn't travel that well last year, relatively speaking. But I think the Vikings and the Saints crash course again, and the Vikings. Well, they they get revenge from nine years ago, but they follow up their <laughs> Minneapolis miracle from this past year. So there, is. Aaron Rodgers will not sign a contract with the Packers. Eli Manning will have a late career rejuvenation. Brady and Belichick will play their last season together. The Jaguars will miss the playoffs, and the Jets will be eight and eight or better, and the Vikings will beat the Saints in the NFC Championship like game kiss in right New there. Orleans. I feel like like that's the kiss of, kiss of death prediction right there. Did I just jinx them? I James? think you might have. I don't believe in jinxes, so I think you're good. He's also wearing an "It's Happening" T-shirt right now. <laughs> Underneath, yeah. And he's he has a he he's has just a, tempting fate with he, everything he does. He has a ten foot high ladder over the top of him mm-hmm. as he as he like walks back and forth underneath it, and a black hat too. But besides yeah. that, he's fine. <laughs> Thanks, James. James, you got some questions of significant importance for us when we come back. I I do. I want to know if the uh, if the twins fire sale is over, if it's just beginning. And then later on, if you miss Lindsay Whalen with us, she was awesome as usual, and we're gonna we're gonna play playback part of that in the noon hour too. And Matthew Collar from Vikings training camp in Egan at noon and he wrote a wonderful piece about Mike Zimmer. It's front and center on 1500ESPN.com right now so check it out. Mackie and Judd TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long losers! On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Again, this is where perception and facts are going to meet in the middle here. You're going to be perception, I'm going to be facts. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right. Dave's on vacation. So our guy James Murphy, he's uh, piloting this plane right now. And I, there hasn't been too much turbulence. So we're, we're grateful Doing for that. Great job. And he's got three James. questions for us right now. So the floor is yours, James Murphy. I, I do. We're going to start with uh, Eduardo Escobar and Ryan Presley. We have, we obviously been talking about them. They had, were traded uh, over the weekend. And I want to know with the noon waiver or with the non waiver trade deadline coming up tomorrow, I believe it's uh, like three o'clock, something like that. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, is the Twins fire sale over, or do you see a couple more trades happening? And if so, who do you think is going to be moved? Oh, it's at least it's at least two, if not three, right? 
Zach Duke is gone, I believe. Lance Lynn, if they can get a box of Cracker Jacks, is gone. Um, Gibson, I don't think, is going to be moved. But I think that they are going to go to uh, to great lengths to try and move Dozier as well. So I say Duke is gone. I say Lance Lynn is gone for nothing, but they'll still trade him for for that. And Brian, at the very least. So this fire sale. In fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got news of the trade uh, before tonight's ball game uh, against Cleveland, and then a couple more tomorrow. I mm-hmm. think we're. I think we're going to end up Phil Mackey right around five trades. It, it reminds me of uh, when you go by Rosedale lately. Have you guys driven by Rosedale over the past month or two? And yeah. Herburgers is going out of business. I think it's Herbergers at it Rosedale. It is Herbergers, yes. And it's like they've got this huge yellow banner across the side of it, and you can see it from 36. It's just going on a business sale, like fireworks. And <laughs> and then you go in, and and there's there's racks of clothing or whatever it may be, and then it might say 75% off, and that's the Brian Dozier rack right now. Where they've got they've for two years they've been saying, hey, we're going we're going on a it's the Brian Dozier going on a business sale. They tried to give you a Brian Dozier for. Maybe uh, 5% off a couple off-seasons ago, and then last winter it was, hey, what about uh, 25% off? And now it's like, all right, uh, we gotta so sell somebody this. have some pesos? Like, we'll literally take anything right now. <laughs> we got to get rid of this thing. Yep. It is a, yeah, it's, I think Dozier's on the list, Zach Duke, and, and Duke can get lefties and righties out, so he's he should be traded. He's a free agent. Jake Odorizzi and Kyle Gibson are the guys who have a year and a half left on their contracts, their their team control contracts. So I'm, my guess is they would have to be wowed to give up a year and a half of either one of those guys, especially Gibson right now. Lance Lynn, Logan Morrison, of those six guys, am I missing somebody in that group? Irvin. I mean, Irvin. Irvin, that's Irvin's a good another, one too. yes. That's Actually, a good one, James. Irv should be high on this list. And I feel like they, they sort of like snuck him back in earlier than maybe we all thought. He went from setbacks and oh, he's going to go consult with a hand surgeon again. To five days later, it's like oh, he's six innings. Hey, and he starts tonight, or he's so, scheduled to start tonight. So there it is. I mean, he could be a guy that pitches pretty well tonight. So back to back, he's out there. He can throw ninety pitches and he can give you a run in the second part of this. He's a guy that if he were pitching at his best, oh. is a playoff rotation guy, right? Yeah. Despite what happened in New York, well, he wasn't at his best. So I think I think yeah James I think Irv's Irv's gone I think they'd love to trade Dozier Duke is gone you could get I mean, you'll flip Duke for whatever you can get for him and then any of these other dudes it just depends I mean this is someone no one's going to put Lance Lynn in their playoff rotation no. except maybe the Brewers if he starts performing well but you're not going to get a ton for him so um, the Diamondbacks. I I'm rooting for them now in the National League because I want Escobar to succeed. Uh, but the Diamondbacks are, uh, I mean, they're no guarantee to make the playoffs. Like no. the, the Diamondbacks just traded for a really key piece. And so they're a half game out from the Dodgers. The Rockies are a half game behind them. That's a good race. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of teams in that same range for, there's like four or five teams right neck and neck for that wild card spot. So, anyways, that's a long winded way to answer your question, but I think it's for sure not over there. Judd, you mentioned the the Twins might, uh, or we might get word that the Twins made a trade before tonight's ball game. Will Paul Molitor receive word that they made a trade before tonight's ball game? I certainly hope so. This time, <laughs> my guess is no. I think I think they're going to put keep him in the dark. They're going to give give Paul a bottle of his favorite. Nothing's uh, going on here. Nothing <laughs> to see. Yeah. Oh, we just traded that guy. Whoops. <laughs> you guys were heavy on uh, Mr. Mankato talk last week. 
And what I want to know is which current roster player will have the most surprising impact this year. So of the non Mr. Mankato candidates, yeah. you're saying? So like they they've been on the ro- like they were at least on the roster last year. So I'm gonna say no rookies either. Hmm. <laughs> I like that question. Hmm. So you want someone who's gonna surprise you a little bit? You know yeah. what? I think this happens all the time where a guy doesn't come out of the gate when he's drafted first, second, third round, and we give up on a guy. I think Mackenzie Alexander might surprise some people. I mean, that's a dude, there's a reason why he was a second-round pick and one of the best cornerbacks in, in, it was at the ACC, I guess, Clemson. I mean, that's, and we were so quick if a guy isn't good in the first five minutes or if he's not on the field, or in this case, well, the Vikings drafted Mike Hughes, and so therefore Mackenzie Alexander is worthless and will do nothing. It was like that with, like, Trey Waynes. Like, he was instantly, yep. when he wasn't performing. And Trey Waynes has become a really good mm-hmm. complimentary cornerback to what Xavier Rhodes does on the other side of the field, but... I think it took Mackenzie Alexander a couple years to realize, dude, you're just size-wise, you you had no interceptions in college. I mean, you're not a premier island outside cornerback. You're going to play a different role in the NFL. And it's like it took him two years to come to terms with that mentally. I think Mackenzie Alexander could pop up and be relevant for the first time in his NFL career this year. And he, he said after the first day of camp, all the right things. I've matured. He talked. Yeah, Collard well, told tell, when when, when you get like a year to make a, a year or two to make an impression to make life changing money. It's funny how your attitude. Do you know what happened? Change. They drafted a guy first round, mm-hmm. and he said, "I better be a better guy. I better try harder." Because he he came in, and I think he's I think he's a smart guy, and he was petulant. Like Collar said, he tried to talk to him last year, and he gave one word answers and was terrible. And he said this year he, he was fantastic. I think what he saw. I think they probably sat. Mackenzie down and said, I don't know, dude, if you're watching this, but we just drafted a guy first round to replace you. So you got two choices here. One, you can become engaged and care a lot and play a position that you didn't necessarily want to play, or mm-hmm. two, you can continue to not be very good, and if you do that, you're probably going to be cut. Um, I will give you the guy who needs to be, and I think there's a chance here. I doubt him myself. Rashad Hill, right tackle. You've got a chance to go from solid backup, and I think he's a nice player. Uh, I think we also all have our doubts if he is uh, full-time starting material, though. And so if this team is going to achieve the success offensively that they crave and want, he's going to have to play well. So I'm going to, for this at least, give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he turns out to be a very pleasant surprise and a solid starting right tackle. Uh, Back to the cornerbacks for a second here. Mm -hmm. Tell me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, they've got, just in terms of pure talent, how people regarded them when they came in the league or or where they're at now in one case. Three first-rounders, a second-rounder, and a potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Is Terrence Newman a Hall of Famer? Or is he just like Hall of Really Good and played for a long I time? I don't think he is a, a Hall of Famer, but he is incredibly respected. And, Hall of Very Good. And mm-hmm. he's been very good, he's yeah. The, he's the toy so, yeah, hunter. So, yeah. so you got Rhodes, Smith, and Wayne. First round, first round. First round picks. And, oh, you're going second. You're and going. Uh, and now a fourth guy. You're going secondary. Too. Yes. Yes. I'm just going cornerbacks. Oh, okay. Waynes, Hughes, and Rhodes are all first round picks. Yeah. Yep. And then Alexander was second, right? And Harrison Smith was a late first round pick, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So they got four first round picks, four first round picks, a second round pick, and, and a 
borderline, we'll call Hall of Very Gooder. And how many years in this town did, did we bemoan the fact that the secondary stunk? Oh, yeah. God. We it just was kept saying, draft people in the first round, and they'd be like, we're going to get really creative. Marcus McCauley yeah. in the third round. <laughs> Asher Allen. It's like, what are you idiots doing? Benny Sapp. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God. All right, question three. I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, a month from today is going to be August 30th. Do you guys know what August 30th is? I do not. Hmm, not August offhand. 30th. Hmm. Is that the day that the Twins trade Joe Maurer to the Yankees on a on a waiver deal? That's pretty good. Uh, it's it's when Red the Sox. Gophers the Gophers open their season. New Mexico State comes to town, and uh, Gopher football will officially be kicking off August thirtieth. That's when we start rowing the boat. That's exactly saying. it. We're yeah. rowing the boat. Right what now. I you're you're on the right track. What I want to know <laughs> is is how many wins will it take for the Gophers to make it to the uh, the Big Ten championship game? Uh, Are you smoking dope? I've always told I'm, you, I'm Murphy, when you work the show, the don't do drugs. Uh, the, <laughs> How many games will it take to make a bowl game? It might be four this year, no. actually. They, they just added two more. The the oh. actual question, the over-under on the Gophers' win total this year is six in Vegas. Uh, where do you have them? I've got them under. Under six. I think they win four or five. I don't think... I think we got to go through the schedule, boys. I think they're going to lose a non-conference game. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, I think that they lose a non-conference game, and then I think we found, if I'm not mistaken, we went through this exercise with Dave at some point, and I think I found three Big Ten wins. Do you want to go through the schedule? And that's all you need. All right, let's go, let's go game by game here, James. Let's fire it up. You just you throw out the game, and then Judd and I'll go win or loss, and we'll see where it ends. Sounds good. So first game is uh, the opener at TC, or TCF, and it's uh, New Mexico State to win against Minnesota. I'll give them a win for that. Yeah, That's okay. not their knockout. They should. Plus. They should go three and zero. They should. And it's. It, it's it might not be like hard. seventeen to fourteen grinded out win over Fresno State, but come on, they should. Fresno State is number is is game two again at Minnesota. Thirteen to twelve. <laughs> game, That's the game winning field goal. That's your upset special. I'm taking Fresno State. Taking and the points, and I win outright. Do you know anything about Fresno State? Don't or care. Just throwing it out there. I'm just giving you one loss here. <laughs> I'm giving you one non-con well, loss. Just real quick. Fresno State. Let's go see. Have they have they done anything in the last Fresno State reference? They got a nice campus, I think. I just want to see what kind of competition we're dealing with. Here. <laughs> you see, you're questioning yourself. I don't think Derek Carr's there anymore. You know, they did. Okay, they won the Hawaii Bowl last year. Yeah, oh, so Fresno not- State went from 1-11 two years ago to 10-4. Yeah. and four. Uh, that's Jeff Tedford, and they won the, yeah, they won the Aaron Hawaii Rogers Bowl. Aaron Rodgers college coach right there. They've been At to the Cal. Okay. They've been to the, did he get fired from Cal? I don't remember what happened. You don't go from Cal to Fresno State by choice, right? Well, no, but he he also took over. Did, didn't he become the Buccaneers OC for a brief time? He's bounced around quite a bit, I think. Tedford has. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he left Cal or was maybe forced out after a three and nine season. Anyway, that's so, my loss. All right, I got, they're going to win that game. Uh, Miami of Ohio comes to town for the third the third non conference fighting Zerbiacs. <laughs> yeah, they'll win that. Too. I give them a win. And then, if they, any of these were a road game, I'd call it a trap game. But they're all home games. They start the Big Ten schedule on the road at Maryland. I mean, all right, loss. Thank you. I'll just. I'm just going to say, you know, my, thank you. After Phil says loss, my heart says win, but my brain says loss. I'll go loss. the The first uh, Big Ten home game is the We Hate Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I mean, that's a loss. Thank you. That's a loss. <laughs> Judd, you agree? Yes. It's not, this is not going to get better. Then they, has them two and three right now. They go uh, to Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Over, overtime loss. No? Taking Ohio State. 
and and uh, giving all the points. Double, double overtime. And then they double go two, overtime loss. They go to Nebraska. Uh, so that should be but, a competitive game, but but it's now a loss. Okay. So Judd now has them two and five. I got them three and four. That's good. Um, ne- the uh, next game is a home game. They have Indiana coming to town. And this is where it starts. I right think now. I gave this one a win. <laughs> it's a win. So I'm at three. Then they go. They go to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might be favored in that one. That's still Lovey Smith, right? Yeah. Yep. They wish just it wasn't. Staring but... blankly on the sidelines now, just on the college. I summer. believe this is one of my wins as well. That's I think, a win. I think I have them beating the Hoosiers and the Illini. So you've got them four and five. I got them five and four. Yep. And both of you have them two in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it three in a row when Purdue comes to town? No, Purdue's good. Purdue's a tough. That's a tough beat. That's a tough beat. So it'll be a good win when they when they rack it All up. All games are tough for the Gophers. Loss. Uh, second to last game of the season, Northwestern Wildcats coming to Minnesota and leaving with a win. They're gonna they're gonna lose one of those Purdue Northwestern games. They're gonna split those home games. So whatever, it's a that I'll give give them a loss on that one. And are we winning at Camp Randall? No. Am I gonna fly home today? <laughs> Extend my arms and fly home? No, I'm not. It's a loss. Four wins. I got my four wins. So four and eight for Judd. Six and six. I got him six and six. Oh, you got him bowl. Bowl game. You got him, you got him bowling. Com- comfortably bowling. Right? You got him bowling with a yet-to-be-named quarterback. Comfortably bowling. Okay, six and six. <laughs> six wins would be a feat. But all I'm asking for, all I'm asking for much. is, I'm asking for either three and zero oh and three and six, right? Three and six in conference, so they're going to get shredded in conference, or like two and one and uh, and four and six and beat Northwestern and Purdue at home. Not asking for that much. No, they're going to lose to Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State. They'll lose at Nebraska. Not, it's not that big of an ask. Row the boat and trust the process. Yeah. Oh, that was the third question. That I was. Yeah. Right. Um, Matthew Collar is going to join from Egan here shortly in about fifteen minutes. And if if you haven't read it yet, his column about Mike Zimmer's personality and coaching style, in which he pulls from Bill Parcells and a bunch of different places. It's front and center on 1500ESPN.com. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Tuesdays at 6 p.m. for the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken. Every week, Jamie Watson and Adrian Heath will be breaking down Minnesota United FC, MLS soccer, and more right here on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, James. We'll check in with Matthew Collar here in about 10 minutes. A little Vikings training camp update. Uh, you've had a chance to get out there a couple times, right? Yep. Was out there last Wednesday, I believe, and then on Saturday after we got done with the show. So, uh, Dalvin Cook... There's no knee brace. He's no. just out there as if he's and and some people are saying maybe he's even saying that he feels better now than even before the surgery. He looks in better shape than he did when he reported to camp. And I, I was surprised by the fact that there's no brace. And then I saw a quote today from uh, from the Vikings saying that when they do get into full pads, he's going to take part and he's going to have some restrictions, but not a bunch. Hmm. I think he is sitting on a huge year. I think he is. And and I also think the ACL is to football what Tommy John is to baseball. It's honed. It can set you back a little bit, but you're not done. You're, you're not even close to done. And there can be guys who come back stronger. Yeah, And maybe the Achilles 
tendon injury would be like the labrum or something for pitchers where all yes, there's, there's other things that could happen that yep, would take away your athleticism. It is pretty incredible, and I don't know when Carson Wentz is going to come back, but you know, if he's back by the bye week for the Eagles. And he tore more than just the ACL, right? He tore a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so that that's a problem. But I, I think if you if you rupture the ACL alone, I think you... For the most part, yeah. now you're fine. But is so? Did they expect Alvin Cook to be basically all systems go by training camp, or is this way ahead of schedule for him? I, I mean, it's been like ten months. I think it's about what what they thought. But still, I mean, there there was a time when if a guy got hurt like this, he, he was out for basically a, a full calendar year, mm-hmm. and then would slowly start to come back. If you didn't know that uh, in that game against Detroit in October of last year that he had ruptured the ACL, you would never know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing about how he's moving. Or or how he's trying to run now, where you're like, yeah, that looks a little bit slow. He looks like he's absolutely fine. Yeah, that's which, uh, which would be at which would be enormous for this team. Yeah, I feel like there was a time. You're right, and maybe even as recently as ten or fifteen years ago, if a pitcher went down, or if a if if it was an ACL in football, or a or a UCL in baseball, it's like, oh man, this guy is never going to be the same. Right. And uh, now, like baseball, half the pitchers in the league eventually, whether it was in college or when they're 33 years old, eventually get it. I don't know what the percentages are in the NFL. I'd have to think it's probably higher now than ever before because guys are just more freakishly it's athletic and there's just like more stress being put on ligaments. Um, but yeah, the, it's not even a thought of, oh, this guy might never be the same. It's just, oh, this is a mild inconvenience. He's not going to be available for another 9 to 10 months, and then he'll just be back like the same old guy that he was. It it was freakish, but when Peterson came back and you said to yourself, okay, this is going to take a while. He's not a young guy. And when he came back and absolutely had that that, that huge year, Mm -hmm. that redefined to me what what guys have the ability to uh, to do. You used to read, there used to be the obligatory so-and-so tore his ACL last year, and now he's in the process, right? Sort of the process of trying to come back. Now the the story basically with guys like Cook is he's back and he's he's fine. It's no longer, he's trying to work himself in. I think the timetable and the expectation now is that you come back and they might be careful, but it's mm-hmm. no longer this, oh my God, he's going to try and cut, is his knee going to go? It's this assumption that the player's going to be fine. I think there, there might be some Vikings fans that are going to call me loony for saying this. I know you're going to agree. I think Dalvin Cook has a chance right away, assuming health, starting this season when he's going to play a full year, to be a more valuable contributor at that position to the team than Adrian Peterson was. It's possible Adrian Peterson, when Dalvin Cook's career is over, it's possible people will say, Adrian Peterson is higher up on the running back ranking list just because of what he did as an individual and the accomplishments, and he'll be in the Hall of Fame, I'm guessing, and that Dalvin Cook won't have the singles game rushing record, and he won't have the reputation of being uh, this top three uniquely talented running back. But I think in terms of your value at that position to the team and to the offense, I think starting this year, Dalvin Cook is going to be a more valuable contributor because he can do more. You can you can put him out there on third down. What Dalvin Cook is going to come back and do this year is exactly what, what we criticized AP about at the end. When AP was at his best, he was phenomenal. But you always go back to this. What did he do well? He ran the football like a freak, and he yeah. was great at it. But when when we talked about as as Peterson's career progressed, and we talked about well, he doesn't really can't really block, and he can catch passes, but it's not comfortable. If you watch, if Cook stays healthy for this entire season, if you watch what he's going to bring to this offense and what they can do because of him, that's exactly the reason why 
to me, it became time eventually to tell AP, we really liked you, dude, but it's done here. Yeah. Like, you can't, this is all just like rehashing history, but you can't pay top dollar for a guy you can't use in the most important situations. Trailing in the fourth, third down and long passing situations. Those are the situations where the best players rise up, right? The pass rushers rise up and the quarterbacks rise up. Absolutely. And if you're taking one of your highest paid players off the field in those situations, I mean, what can you do on third down offensively and defensively? What can you do in the fourth quarter when your team is down by 10 points or seven points? And theoretically, Dalvin Cook is going to be one of the guys you lean on in those situations, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to see games where the Vikings are down by a touchdown or 10 points and, and the defense is taking away Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen over the top, and guess who's going to catch eight passes underneath or be in there and pick up a key blitz? It's going to be Dalvin Cook. Yes. Unlike when Peterson was on the roster for the last couple of years, it was Matt Asiata in for him mm-hmm. or whoever else happened to be the – or even early his in his career, career it was Chester Taylor yeah. was in for him. His, his entire career, aside from a very brief period, was predicated on the fact that they well they very well knew that on third down – he was not going to be, he was not ideal. Yeah, You could use him, but it was going to be, my God, he just missed that block. Yeah, like imagine if in the NHL, you've got this star player, this Connor McDavid player, but you know what, he's not really good on power plays, and I don't know, he kind of of freezes up a little bit, like late in games when it's close. But you know what? In the first and second period, yeah, he's unbelievable. especially if you have a two-goal lead, he's going to really like bring that bring that game home. Yeah, I think Cook's a great pick. Yeah, I really like him. Let's talk more Vikings. We'll get a training camp update from Matthew Collar. Uh, the Vikings did announce over the weekend officially how they're going to divvy up duties after the tragic passing of Tony Sperano. So we can talk about sort of the football ramifications of that, even though that's completely secondary. Uh, Mike Zimmer's personality and what people around him are saying. Matthew Collar has a great piece on 1500ESPN.com, so we'll dive into that too, Mackie and Judd. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500ESPN.